Welcome to Just Ahead Podcast. My name is Adele Dujardin, teacher turned life and leadership coach with a passion for helping others live a life that is happily theirs. Through interviews with folks five to 10 years out of college, you will hear how they have carved out satisfying careers of all kinds. Here I speak with George Stubbs to learn how he went from Harvard University graduate with a degree in organizational behavior to years later being a leadership and organizational change coach and consultant in the Bay Area. Enjoy. All right. So hello, George. Thanks for meeting today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, let's just chat. I'm curious what you're up to now and also how you got there. So maybe just give us a pinch of background information, where you went to school, um, what your major was, that type of thing. Yeah. Should I start with what I'm up to now or tell the story and arrive there? Yeah, you pick. You pick. Mm. I'll tell the story. Uh, I <laughs> Let's see. So so I I currently live in Sausalito, California. Uh, I know that's what I'm up to now. Um, I grew up mostly, was born in Boston, grew up mostly in Atlanta, Georgia. Was part of a uh, pre-K through 12 school where both my parents worked and my brother and sister also went. So have mm-hmm. uh, developed a strong sense of community early before studying at Harvard University. I think worth mentioning actually before mm-hmm. I get there, just because mm-hmm. it's such so a part of me, is is I started in middle school playing ultimate frisbee first as camp and then quickly in high school. Uh, we were like one of the few teams in the country that had a varsity team at that point. Now there are hundreds, and that is a very community oriented sport, and it's a sport that works without referees and there's an honor system. And I quickly found myself more and more immersed in that and starting to play for the Atlanta men's team, for mm-hmm. example. And played At what for age? 16. Okay. So, so qu- quite young to be in that environment, but it was lucky enough to have older role models from a very young age because of that, um, learning how to play and learning who I wanted to be as, mm-hmm. as I played and in the, the competitive and athletic aspects of that. And, and that's, I can sort of tell you what was happening at each stage of the story, but I've played Frisbee my entire life. And actually right now I'm, I'm stepping away from it, sort of letting my energy take me elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just a huge part of who I am. It's first started to pique my, my interests in leadership and individual development. And like, how does this all happen? Mm. Uh, like I was sitting there, my, far less conscious than I am right now, but my junior junior and senior years of high school sort of just being like, how do I make these teams work? Like, how do we bring everyone together in a way that's really powerful and good and so is inclusive? Like, curiosity was a driver. Yeah. It just, and, and, and that's, there's another value there around learning. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to understand what, what is, what is happening and what's my role in it and how do we create these things? And of course, more by experimentation than actually, uh, than actually knowing is part of the answer, but it was really powerful. I was just exposed to a series of great teams, including the U S juniors team a couple Mm -hmm. times in my uh, young Frisbee career. That was just a, you get a bunch of teenage boys. You can imagine what that could be like, like it can go bad (laughs) in some ways. But no, it was actually quite inclusive and open and a good model for many yeah. things, particularly for men. Yeah. So what so, did you study? And, and, and 
and, and then connect it back to what we're talking about now. So my sophomore year in college, I, I took a class called the social psychology of organizations mm-hmm. by a famous now, unfortunately now passed away uh, social psychologist named Richard Hackman. And it opened my eyes to what could be studied. Like, mm-hmm. like I didn't in, in, in many ways, like I had this, some amount of visceral understanding and also visceral confusion yeah. about how it all worked and went through that class and he named all of these things that could happen in both the qualitative and quantitative research behind all of them that's been happening for ages. Yeah. And, 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 and um, something that fascinated you, I feel like someone served up a meal and you're like, oh my goodness, this is all the food I've been craving. Exactly. I was like, wow, I can study this. Like this is, this is a possibility at all, <laughs> which really was in retrospect, I was a little lost before that. Mm-hmm. It matched up with a field of academic study mm-hmm. and a chance for further understanding. And so I pursued it. And the way I pursued it was actually, there's no, there was no way to just in, at Harvard, the, instead of major, they say concentrate, mm-hmm. but just no way to just concentrate on just that field. And so I cr- there's a, a program called Special Concentrations, which is a funny name for it, but I created uh, a special concentration in organizational behavior. And that was really, it's one of those things that I look back on and I, I'm like, how did that even happen? Like how, <laughs> how, like, how did I know to pursue it? It's almost like I needed to give my cre- myself credit for it because I didn't, because it's changed my life. Yeah. So you here you had this special concentration and yes, right. threw yourself in, it sounds like. Again, immersion is a big word of yours. Yes. It, it was what the special concentration allowed was a, like a really funny and amazing combination of classes in particular. So social psychology classes of which there were some, but not that many, uh, a class on like the social psychology of race that, that was part of this. And maybe most importantly, it allowed for me to take some classes at the Graduate School of Education, mm-hmm. as well as, and maybe most importantly, a class in the Harvard Kennedy School called the Exercise of Adaptive Leadership or something like that. I think mm-hmm. I might be screwing up the title, mm-hmm. which was, is an experientially taught class of which I was the youngest to attend and is very... It's group work in a large in a large setting and and small group setting, in a way that you you are in the ocean of what's going on and you have to make sense of it and they give you some terms and you and you learn and it was a whole new way of learning mm. that really really attracted me and honestly felt more parallel to the real world in many ways than some than some other other classes that that yeah. I took and it became this huge part of my life because yeah. after I after I took the class I actually was a teaching assistant for the class and was one of the only uh, maybe the first undergrad teaching ass- assistant ever and I'm I'm curious here if the, if that was offered to you did you ask for it yeah that's Adele it's such a great question I took a class and someone sent an email, are you interested in being a teach to every a blast email if you're interested in being a teaching assistant? And there is part of me that just was like when I saw that email got triggered and said, Oh, interesting. I have no idea what that means. It sounds kind of scary, but clearly I would learn a lot. Sounds like you just 
really went with that strong yeah. feeling of, of that and didn't, didn't place too much emphasis on, am I too young for this? Am I capable? Can I manage this time-wise? You didn't yeah. get caught up in that. Absolutely. Like, yes. Like not worrying too much about the, is this possible? And just like seeing what mm -hmm. happened, which is so like for the record, <laughs> I'm not always that way. Uh -huh. Like I'm, I'm also an overthinker in, uh -huh. in many ways and, and can get, can get stuck in that. So, so I also look back on the past with just an incredible amount of gratitude for what, like whatever it was that sparked in that moment that yeah. helped that happen. There's in some ways I'm making it sound, sound easy. And mm. I'm, I also just feel lucky. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So this amazing time at Harvard, creating your own major, having a unique opportunity of being a teaching assistant at the Kennedy School and postgraduate life. I, let's see, the first thing I did once I graduated, I think after like a couple of weeks home, was I was on this adventurous sort of bootleg tour of the best college Ultimate Frisbee players bussing around the country on like a retired school bus turned into RV playing the best teams and being filmed and live streamed. And it was this incremental moment in it ushered in an era of people watching games and following, following this stuff. And what, what, what um, brought you to choose that? Adventure. Like, yeah. why, why not? Mm -hmm. Like I have this opportunity in front of me. Why not? I didn't have, I wasn't committed to anything else. I did not have any idea yet mm -hmm. what I was going to do for work. Mm -hmm. I did have the idea that I was going to end up in Boston afterwards, but it was just, it was just adventure. Just kind of go, go for it adventure. Mm -hmm. And were you paid? Um, no. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, was that a concern for yours or did you have some money that you knew you could rely on? It was a lot of it was covered. Um, mm -hmm. I had some money that I knew I could rely on. I had made a deal with my parents that I think they would cover my first couple months of, of rent once I was in Boston. And so I was stable until then. Mm -hmm. And it was really, I mean, we mm -hmm. didn't need much. Yeah. Like our housing yeah. And how was long all, was it for? A month, about, okay. maybe, oh, maybe okay. a little bit more than that. We started in Seattle and did Seattle and Vancouver and down to San Francisco, across to Colorado, yeah. to Atlanta, all, the, all up the East Coast. Yeah. The, bus, the bus broke down in North Carolina. It's just quite an adventure. Yeah. And so you had the adventure. And what, what are some takeaways that you know, have served you continuously? Uh, like, go do stuff like that. Mm. Um, and I, and I don't mean that just for college age folks. I, I mean that for everyone. All right. So where to next? You, did you like, did you wind well, up back in Boston? Yeah, I wound up back in Boston. Um, one of my Frisbee teammates who was older gave me a job, a temp job entering data. I was making like, I can't remember, like $17 an hour, maybe, maybe more, may, I think maybe a little bit more than that, but it was the, I'll do this while I look for other stuff. And really what I did was using the relationships I'd built in, in college. And that's something that I, I mean, that's, I would say that's the number one thing is like build relationships around those that have similar passions to you, particularly those that are older than you that understand that see a field differently and that because they're going to connect you to someone else is going to connect you to someone else and everyone's willing to talk to you. And there's no like people often think it's sort of like, like networking has a kind of bad, like slightly 
yucky using tone to it. And it really is just relationship building. Mm. And when you say build a relationship, like what are some of the skill sets you used? I mean, being genuinely curious about where people are and what got them there without necessarily needing any answers for you. Mm. I think also honesty, just being really clear about like where you are and Mm -hmm. how you're thinking about things rather than again, rather than having like needing to put on some sort Mm. of facade. And again, that's, easier said in retrospect than, than done in the moment. Um, I like learned, learned a lot. Like I used to pride myself on my ability to do that. And now I pride myself in my ability to be genuine <laughs> and, and, and real. Wow, um, what a switch. And it's an, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't, now that you've gone to being more genuine, it doesn't mean you're not professional, um, considerate of other people's times, you know, no. sending out a carefully worded email but it's, it's just sharing more what you're really looking for, what you're lacking, willing to, willing to say, I, I don't have all the answers and I can need some help. So, yeah. uh, so, so you were building relationships while you were doing this job for 17 something an hour. And so where did the relationship building lead you? Someone I talked to who was loosely in the same field connected me with someone that was in the same field, in the field of organizational behavior, mm-hmm. thinking about ho- how organizations and groups and teams and leaders work. I, I ended up working at the Monitor Group, which was, was a, is, is now part of Deloitte, a global consulting firm. And instead of being a consultant, I was part of an internal organizational development team. And, and I also, my next job after that was a similar, was a similar role. Mm-hmm. At, a, at a company called Vistaprint, who you probably know because they've probably tried to sell you business cards at some point in your life, at least 10 times. And both of the, those were crash courses in like, what is it like to work in an organization? How do organizations work? What does it mean to build relationships within the organization rather than it being a more of a quote unquote networking type, mm-hmm. type situation? But this was my like, okay, welcome to how this all works in the real world. And, and, and what works. What, what about that work did you really like? A big part of it was the understanding part of it. Like, like what's going on in this culture? What is going on in this system? And what is going on in this subsystem? So doing some of the problem solving and the, the like gathering all the data and not all of that was quantitative data. In fact, very little of it, more, more the qualitative data and saying like with working with other people, that was a big part of what I did like about it to say, okay, here's where we are and here's what people need. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I did that I learned a lot from was org- um, help organize the, uh, or on, was on the team organizing the global leadership meeting for Vistaprint. So the 80 leaders, all mostly VPs or senior directors and all of the C-suite all across, all across the world uh, and helping bring them together and saying like, what exactly do we need? What does it look like to have an agenda and a production that, really holds people and has a different type of conversation and gets people connected. Mm. So cool challenges like yeah. that. And yeah. the last one we did, we didn't get it. Like we didn't, we didn't nail it. And there was a lot to be said for that based on where the company was and mm-hmm. how it was all evolving and what was in the water. So, yeah. And how long did you stay at the Deloitte job and, and what brought about the change to Vista print? I was, so I was at Monitor Group, which is now, now Deloitte, for a year, right. and then Monitor actually went under three weeks after I left, and I had gotten a heads up that that was happening, and my boss connected me to someone else that had a similar role, 
because mm-hmm. my role my role was cut was cut and got severance and then pretty immediately after that was connected with someone and but had this period of uncertainty of where is this all going how did you deal with that uncertainty you know sort of the same way mm-hmm. lean into lean into people mm. talk talk to people reconnect with folks about in in this world of organizational behavior and leadership development um many of whom are great coaches and can can really help you in a conversation and also really want to mm-hmm. um, there's some some amount of there's a, a serving thing as you named that that happens and i don't feel i didn't feel bad taking advantage of that and it didn't because it didn't feel like taking advantage of it it felt like people wanted to help me when i asked mm-hmm. for help uh mm-hmm. and as as we said quote unquote asked for help though i could have mm-hmm. been more mm-hmm. obvious and explicit yeah and th- was that when you left the monitor job because it was ending, did you go to directly to Vistaprint after that, or there was a yes went directly to Vistaprint okay. after Monitor spent. Monitor was a year. Vistaprint was, I think, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was your title there? I was a senior associate at as, and I was part of the executive development and organizational dynamics team, <laughs> which was quite a title. I'm, I don't yeah. know if I'll ever actually surpa- surpass that. And so that position there lasted how many years? Two and a half. Okay. And it ended, this is the favorite part. This is my favorite part of the story. <laughs> my girlfriend at the time, Emma, now uh, we're now married. We, she had been working in a consulting job that actually was also in Boston. And we, it's hard to know how this, how this was birthed. But at some point, the idea of hiking the Pacific Crest Trail on the west coast of the United States through California, Oregon, and Washington, that came up. And so it was this started as a dream. And at some point, we were like, let's do this in a year. Like, let's just go do it. And I, I told all the people that I needed to tell. They knew I was leaving. Mm-hmm. And I was also thinking at that point, like, what's next for me? What are the next steps in my, in my journey? And what gave um, you that itch to start thinking about those next steps? Great question. I don't, I don't quite know. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it was the feeling of there could be, could be an academic path for me. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that, that's something to act on sooner rather than later. There's a, a feeling of being settled into Boston. Like, okay, we're, it, we're in the, you can kind of move up the ladder, learn that type of stuff, but there's like a settled inness. And so, so just that you weren't very liking, to, it sounds like. We were content in it, but not, uh, but like clearly there was something else. And, mm. and this is, goes back to the theme you named of like breaking out of the norm mm-hmm. a, a little bit. So we left. I grew a giant beard. Uh, we saw a bunch of rattlesnakes. Emma and I got engaged and uh-huh. it was just a whole new look at the world. Yeah, you took a pause, but it wasn't a pause where there wasn't a lot happening. It was just a pause from a life you were living that allowed, I don't know, I feel like new things to take seed. Yeah, absolutely. It allowed for some cleansing too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways we talk about that time for us was how y- your verbs, your big verbs, like the capitalized verbs of your day get reduced. And our, our verbs were uh-huh. like eat, sleep, <laughs> walk, and yeah. read. Yeah, Read yeah. was the only other one yeah. that... Uh, was taking a significant amount of time. Yeah. Um, 
And so there's this like movement aspect of it. There's the connecting mm-hmm. to nature aspect of it. There's the relationship aspect of it. Um, there's the remove from society aspect of it, all of which just was profoundly changing in ways mm-hmm. that honestly I'm still understanding. Mm. I mean, I, 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 one of the things I'm really appreciative about your story is this weaving in of fun and um, just a, being very alive in the things that bring you pleasure. And then to swing it back to your career, I'm wondering, you know, you're here, you are at the end of the trail and it sounds like you parked yourselves there in Northern California. Yeah. And, and what, yeah, what, what did you create post this trail and, and post the career in Boston? When we ended the trail, it, Honestly, it was probably the hardest readjustment I've ever made. For the first couple months, we were living with my wife's parents, which, which honestly was great. It felt like a halfway house where we could be half taken care of before we had to take care of ourselves all the way. But there was this, like, the world's alarming once you've been out in the quiet mm-hmm. for uh, a while. And in that time, I sort of took the, took the approach of, that I had taken at each of these sort of increments of my life, which was relationship, like reconnect with the people that I, I know. And also at this point, there is an explicit ask to, who do you know in California that I could also talk, talk to? Who do you know in the Bay Area that I yeah. could get to know? And through that, I don't remember how this connection happened. Someone got in touch with me about adaptive leadership, which was the class that I helped help teach. And I actually mm-hmm. at some point went back and was a teaching assistant for a second time during my Vista print years. And they hired me to, to help de- develop a leadership development program based on adaptive leadership. They'd been hiring some consultants to do it and wanted to do it internally cool. um, for, for six months. So mm-hmm. it's this interesting, this interesting foray into the world of San Francisco tech, which, which honestly, I look back on it. It was not not my best moment. I was, I was confused with what I wanted and took mm-hmm. way too long to create something. And it was good. Like it was okay once it happened, but could mm-hmm. have happened much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so both, and I, I built great relationships. So it was this interesting, mm-hmm. it's just an interesting period of my life where uh, it, in retrospect, like some things were disconnected and that was okay. Like, like it didn't, and Mm. I think maybe that that's the message there is Mm. it's okay. It's okay. When you're in that, when you're in that spot, Uh, whether you, whether you're in it or whether you see it in retrospect, like it's all part of the journey. It sounds like um, when you were uncertain or without a job, it was really that, that relationship building, which was your go-to and actually um, helped you find things. Absolutely. Well, you're obviously very good at it. Yeah, and maybe, it, it, and what would, why are you diligent? Are you tenacious? I mean, I, yes, <laughs> both, both of those diligent and tenacious, but, but not in a, like, like, I don't think I was ever, not in an overwhelming way. Mm-hmm. And I, I've experienced, I have experienced that from other people in, mm-hmm. in an over, in an overwhelming way, but there's something like diligent in, in just being in touch with those same people and, mm-hmm. and holding a relationship over, over the years where we mm. can talk and developing something that lasted beyond one meeting. Mm-hmm. Everything is done through connections and humanity. And so there's this, maybe there's a, I'm trying to sort of draw lessons out. And actually it's super interesting and useful for me to 
do this for myself. There's a lean into humanity mm. aspect of it that feels really important and right and also really needed in our world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hear, you know, something really important, which just stands out for me is this, the, the, the ongoing aspect of it. And, and that's where it really becomes a relationship as opposed to, I don't know what else you would call it, but that, that's, that, that's to me, one of the defining characteristics of a relationship. Yeah. And in it, changes and morphs. A guy named Jim Cutler, uh, a good friend named Jim, mm-hmm. Jim Cutler, was the head of HR at Vistaprint. And so my boss reported and worked closely with him. And therefore, I, I did. I got to work closely with him on, this, on the organizational development side of HR. And he and I developed a relationship. And we have a, a call, a video call, every four weeks, I mm-hmm. think, where we just catch up. And sometimes it's for me to get input and, and, and to give you a picture of this, Jim is now doing some of his own consulting, but is mostly retired or, or like sort of half or two. He select, he does what he wants. It, mm. It's all like he does what he wants, um, which is amazing and is in his, I think, probably late, late 60s. And, and so we have this great cross-generational mm. relationship where we can talk about all sorts of things from the toast he's giving at his son's wedding to um, me getting input on a project I'm doing. Mm -hmm. He's gaining as much as you. And I think sometimes when we're really young, we think someone who's older, someone who's senior to us, uh, who has a very important title, um, that they they can't be bothered. You know, we we don't have anything to offer them. I'll just, you know, be be a nuisance. And yet quite the opposite. Absolutely. That is exactly right. And, and it's really important that it's important to know that and, and believe in that and mm-hmm. sort of, and there's a little bit of self-belief, like you're worth it. You're worth their time. So the job you're doing now, is that what came out of, of this time um, working on the leadership with the tech company or can you talk about up to now? And- yeah, absolutely. Well, let me, the in-between is I mm-hmm. spent a year and a half working at a consulting firm. Um, That does organizational development type work where in leadership development with senior teams all over the Bay Area. And at the end of it, I was doing too little of the stuff that actually fired me up and made me feel alive and too much of the stuff that was like, you know, this is not the path that I really feel like I want to go down. Mm -hmm. Um, And so created a business that is part coaching and part facilitation. Okay. So, so it's both working with groups and also coaching individuals. And that's what I'm doing now. And, and since then has been this awesome whirlwind cycle of that happening and learning <laughs> things every day and all of that. Yeah. And what p- type of people are you coaching? Are you coaching people in leadership roles? Everything. All, okay. all the things. Yes. Yeah, some in leadership roles. I work mm-hmm. with, I partner with a private equity firm and, and coach folks in their portfolio companies, often, mm-hmm. often in leadership roles, most often in leadership roles, and also have folks in my own practice who are, are teachers or administrators okay. at a school. And, and also I'm working with some folks that are in transition points in, mm-hmm. in their life. So mm-hmm. it really, I don't yet believe in or have a, a niche um, mm-hmm. sort of working with people that I have the best chemistry with and okay. taking opportunities as they come along, which has been really amazing. All right. And are you yeah. very settled in this spot or do, 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 does part of you have a, an eye cast to some next steps? 
I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling both settled and mm-hmm. there's like new, new stuff mm. is on the horizon somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And through some of the personal learning and I don't yet know what that is. And, but there's more impact and for, for me to have on the world, particularly as I get more clear on what's my role in it, what's my purpose. And so, so leaning into all that also with a, sort of trust that what's happening is happening and mm-hmm. also recognizing that in this current time, I'm working in an industry that may be hit by this recession. And so there's some amount of both dream and buckle down that mm-hmm. is happening all at the same time and still making sense of that too. Mm-hmm. In some ways, sort of staying nimble, tr- trying to stay yeah. present really. Okay. Um, not yeah, hear, worry too I, much about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I hear when you talk about next steps, it's not so much because of any unhappiness with what you're currently doing. It's more like as you work, ideas come to you or interests are, are sharpened or highlighted. Exactly. And then you and play, play off of those into, you know, it's, it's just this dynamic. Exactly. There's a trust, in, a trust in what's emerging and how it's emerging. And yeah. I haven't always trusted and it's probably much easier to say in retrospect mm-hmm. and look at in retrospect and see that part of it rather than the parts where I hadn't trusted myself, where yeah. there are parts and there currently there are parts yeah. and, and in the past, and that's all part of the journey. But there's this like, allow things to happen for yourself. Mm. Many things you need to create, but often you also need to allow them to be created, put them in the right in the right situation. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. And just best of luck as you continue forward. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Just Ahead. Be sure to rate and subscribe our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about me, visit my website at www.agoodlife.coach or follow me on Instagram at agoodlife.coach. Join us again next week to hear more folks share the practical and inspirational around their working lives post-college.